Middle East on the brink, North Korea on the brink, Iran increasing its aggression, elections in Taiwan. Look, there's a lot of global instability as we ourselves plunge into primary season. How have you sheltered your savings and investments from potential major setbacks to the economy? You think it can happen here? It can happen here, but it's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold. And Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. As opposed to many other investments, gold Gold thrives in times of uncertainty. It is an important part of diversifying your savings. Now listen, here's how Birch Gold can help make it a part of yours. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold. And it doesn't cost you a penny out of pocket. You want to learn more? Just text SAVAGE to 989-898 for a free info kit. S-A-V-A-G-E, text it to 989-898 and you get a free info kit. It costs you nothing. Just text SAVAGE to 989 with an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to arm yourself with the knowledge of diversification through precious metals. Protect yourself. Text SAVAGE to 989-898 and claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold. Do it now. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Thank you very much. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. Are you worried about a pandemic at this point? No, we're not at all, and uh, we're... We have it totally under control. It's one person coming in from China, and we have it under control. It's uh, going to be just fine. Nice. It's nice. It's going to be fine. Don't worry about it. They're building a hospital in China in six days. Uh, you don't feel symptoms for 10 days. Virologist who help discover SARS offers chilling take on coronavirus outbreak. Everyone will get infected. A nurse at the Corpse Crew Hospital says the quarantine is failing. But, hey, everything will be fine. Don't worry about a thing. I don't blame Donald Trump. He's a prisoner of his own government. He's a prisoner of the idiots who run the CDC and the NIH. All politicians, they've thrown away their medical credentials for political expediency. And we, the people, sit here like dummies. I wouldn't trust the government to tell me the truth about anything. You know, this reminds me of, you know, Nero fiddled while Rome burned. Look at these schmucks called the senators. Day in and day out, the same thing, the same story, impeachment, impeachment, impeachment. Meanwhile, the world's burning. This epidemic is getting out of control. It's getting out of control in China. It's spreading to other countries. 22 states are on alert. And health experts issued an ominous warning about a coronavirus pandemic three months ago. And in their simulation, they showed it could kill 65 million people. Now, I don't want to be accused of being an alarmist, but how about being a realist? Where is the difference between realism and alarmism? Can you tell me? Should I sit here and make believe this isn't the problem? And sit here like every other schmuck in the media talking about impeachment? That's what you want me to do? What, what am I going to say about impeachment? We have no effect on it whatsoever. It's up to those 100 yucks there in the, in the in Senate. 100 yuck pucks there in the Senate have a decision, not you. We don't live in a democracy. 
We live in a hypocrisy. A hundred schmucks are going to decide whether to impeach the president. Not me, not you. So what's the point of televising these hearings? No point whatsoever. It's just to distract the people from what's really going on in the world. Borders, porous borders. Drugs are flowing in at a record rate. Illegal aliens racing across the border at an illegal rate. A rate I've never seen anything like this. How many have come in from China since this started who were infected, who passed the so-called screening of the Schmendricks at the airport? Screening. You don't show symptoms for 10 days. How many of them are working in restaurants right now? You don't know. Oh, I'm not allowed to ask the question. Go to hell. I'm not allowed to ask the question. I'll ask any damn question I want. Now, I'm going to go back to the basics here. I'm going to go back to the beginnings of epidemiology. Don't worry. It's not a big word. It's the history uh, science of epidemics. It began with an evil white male, a doctor named John Snow. Some of the occasional cortex ought to read about the next time she wants to put down white people, that dumb idiot. Now, why am I mentioning epidemiology and cholera and John Snow? Because it's a valuable lesson for today. London, 1854, Soho, England, people and animals living in cramped and dirty quarters. A deadly outbreak of cholera is spreading. Doctors and scientists in those years believe it's caused by a miasma or bad air. Sound familiar? It sounds like Jerry Nadler. They theorize that particles from rotting matter and waste are getting into the air and making people sick with uh, this disease. Who comes into the picture now? John Snow, very well-known physician. He figures out that something other than the air might be responsible for the cholera epidemic. And so what does he do? He carefully maps the outbreak, and he finds that everyone who has been affected by this illness has something in common, a single connection in common. And what is it? They have all pump water from the local Broad Street pump. So on September 8, 1854, the father of epidemiology, Dr. John Snow, tests his theory by removing the pump's handle, and he effectively stops the outbreak, proving his theory and opening a door to modern epidemiology. John Snow was the first to use maps and records to track the spread of a disease back to its source. And today, these ideas provide the foundation for how we're supposed to find and stop diseases all over the world. We have far better tools than he did to identify and track illness, labs, computer systems, in-depth knowledge of germs. But when you have political detectives in the CDC who have thrown away their scientific training at the NIH and the CDC, what good are all of the tools? What good are all the tools in the world if they're looking over their shoulder at political implications. So what am I saying? Living in a world where disease can spread around the globe very quickly, what's the most logical thing that you do? You don't need a PhD in epi epidemiology to know what to do. You need common sense. Common sense is you stop travel from China, and that's the end of the story. They themselves have introduced the quarantine but not here. After all, how are we going to get the fentanyl into this country if you put in a quarantine? I mean, you got to have that fentanyl flowing, don't you? Do you understand what I'm saying to you, that there are 40 million Chinese quarantined right now? 
There's a case in Chicago. 22 states are on alert. Europe is now seeing cases. And we're doing nothing but listening to these these imbeciles at the CDC who are doing zero. Are you listening to me? Are you hearing me? A nurse is saying the quarantine is failing. A video has come out showing dead bodies in the halls of hospitals. It's not just hitting the young and the old. Young men are among the victims. Now, again, again, I'm not here to alarm you. I'm here to awaken you because there are things you can do. Some things are commonsensical here in America. Very commonsensical. I mean, I have to spell it out for you what not to do and what to do. Your mother was right in a certain way. Avoid crowds. Your mother knew enough to stay away from people who were sick, right? And when flu season approached, or when you were feeling a little under the weather, she told you to do certain things that promoted healing. That was good mother's advice. And I then looked into that, and we all know that no medications currently exist on the market that can stop a viral infection, no matter what the quacks tell you. There are no drugs that can stop a viral infection. Now, there are some antiviral drugs, but they're not recommended in these cases as a preventive. They don't work. You understand? These antiviral drugs may be useful in treating serious diseases such as Ebola, but they're definitely of no use to prevent the viral infection. Your best defense, ladies and gentlemen, the Savage Nation is a strong offense. And what does that mean? One, boost your immune system to lower your susceptibility to infection and disease. You see, if everyone could get the disease, they would get the disease. But everyone on earth is not going to get the disease. Some will have a powerful immune system, uh, an, an immune system powerful enough to fight off the virus should they even contract it. There are known techniques for boosting your immunity. And any qualified medical doctor will tell you that. A good doctor will recommend a diet with immune-enhancing uh, foods, regular exercise, and sleep. You've heard it all. I've done a whole show on epidemiology, a podcast, which you can probably find from last January. And you know what the number one factor in a strong immune system is? Sleep, would you believe that? Rest. The body needs to restore itself. Without it, almost no matter, no matter what else you do, your body's going to break down. But there's much more to do. You can boost your immune system to maximum levels without using drugs. Now, a couple of years ago, I published a small pamphlet on Kindle called Diseases Without Borders, and I did it because there was EBV 68 coming in because of Obama. Remember that epidemic, the polio-like illness that Obama brought into this country because he was bringing the children who were infected from Honduras? And remember this, this EBV 68, EDV 68 virus is endemic in Honduras. The children were coming in by the train loads under Obama. These open borders maniacs are going to kill all of us. So I was trying to get people to do what they could to uh, enhance their immune system. It's a Kindle edition. It's not for the money. I was trying to help people fortify supercharging their immune system against viral infection. And it's not about the money. It's about the wisdom and importance of the knowledge that I have that I'm trying to share with you. And if you want to be cynical and say, bah, humbug, you know it all, God bless you. I wrote about epidemics from EVD-68 and measles tuberculosis. The same rules still apply. The same rules still apply. Many agree with me. And now we have an illness, and 
people are sitting there saying there's nothing I can do. Well, there's many things you can do. The most important thing is we should be in imposing a travel ban right now. There should be an immediate travel ban to and from China. But the money at stake, the politics at stake is so great right now that I think they'd rather see 65 million people wiped out than slow the, uh, the flow of money. This time I'm petrified. Virologist who helped discover SARS offers chilling take on coronavirus outbreak. He says, this time I'm petrified. And uh, now they're comparing it to the 0203 outbreak of SARS that killed over 800 people. People are saying, well, we survived SARS, so we'll survive this, right? No. According to an article in Zero Hedge, one of the virologists who discovered SARS, which, by the way, also originated from a coronavirus in China, paints a different tale of this latest outbreak. And uh, the virologist Guan Yi of the University of Hong Kong State Key Lab of Emerging Infectious Diseases visited Wuhan. He says that he didn't see nearly enough being done to fight off the new epidemic. He said that due to the New York people were out at markets without masks and without any sense of the epidemic. He said that airports were not being disinfected. He said the local governments weren't even handling our out quarantine guides to people who were leaving the city. So where it's going to go, we don't know yet. Now, I want to then go back to another epidemic, which you may have heard of. We all learned about it in high school. It was called the Spanish flu. It used to be a thing called the Asian flu. But with the introduction of political insanity, the same political insanity uh, that is now eliminating art history at Yale University because it's too white, not because it's too great, but it's too white. They've got to introduce aboriginal garbage now at Yale University and compare it to that of uh, Da Vinci. You hear? This is what's going on in the country now because of the psychotics who are running everything. But the psychotics are not limited to government. They're not limited to academia. They're not limited to medicine. The psychotics are everywhere. That's a bigger epidemic. There was a thing called the Spanish flu of 1918. 500 million people were infected with the Spanish flu virus. 50 million died. That's when the world population, U.S. population, I'm sorry, the world population was 1.5 billion. One third of the earth, of the people on the earth were infected, all the way out to the Pacific Islands. 500 million people were infected, 50 million died. Do you know how many people that is proportion to the population, right? So what happened to end it? Did some genius doctor come along with a vaccine, a serum? No. Something we all learned in epidemiology back in the early days when it was still being taught as a science before they had to look over their shoulders and see if they were offending the Spaniards or the Asians or anyone else by renaming diseases. Something we all learned was that epidemics burn themselves out. It's about the only thing you can do is let it burn itself out. Maybe it's God's little joke on all of humanity when we thought we had it all under control. You know, if you're religious oriented, you know, you know well, okay. Mankind thought he would just keep rolling along with a booming stock market, and with all his modern technology, nothing could affect man anymore. All he had to do was worry about impeaching Donald Trump, according to that fat slob nadler, that, that knish with eyes, that human disgusting knish with eyes, a rotten knish. He looks more deadly than the SARS virus to me, that putz, a night school yuck. But how did the Spanish flu end? It burnt itself out. A second wave uh, of the virus struck in late 1918. And what happened? It almost died out. 
And why? How did that happen? How did it just suddenly die out? A theory holds that the 1918 virus mutated extremely rapidly to a less lethal strain. Folks, this is a common occurrence with influenza viruses. There is a tendency amongst them for pathogenic viruses to become less lethal with time. Why? Because the people that they infected tend to die off. Do you understand that? As the hosts, meaning the people, of the more dangerous strains die from the disease, the virus needs to keep growing and a less, a less lethal strain or less lethal strains tend to mutate. That is our only hope. And also, obviously, common sense. Today, we're going to talk about the Chinese virus epidemic that could kill 65 million people, according to an expert who ran a simulation on this. We're going to talk about diseases without borders. We're going to talk about impeachment, mainly Biden's corrupt family with Peter Schweitzer at the bottom of this hour. He has a blockbuster, a blockbuster new book. I'm very excited, so I'm mangling some words here. I'm, I'm trying to juggle too many different ideas at once. The virus has me very, very, very concerned. And I'm really not that interested in impeachment, but I do think it's so important to talk about the corruption of Biden's family. I'll be right back. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. Look, there's a lot for investors to be optimistic about these days. We've been riding the longest and best stock market run since World War II, right? The S&P, up over 400% since March 2009. But what about you? Have your accounts more than quadrupled in the past decade? Look, the truth is that most stock investors don't achieve the same performance as the overall market, leaving two-thirds of Americans still feeling like they'll have to work after retirement. So who's profiting from all these massive gains? Well, what would you do if you knew that the big banks and institutions tend not to follow the same advice they give you? And what if you could learn where they buy, sell, and make profit. Take the first step by signing up for a free introductory class with Online Trading Academy. You'll find out more about their patented investing strategy designed to help you trade with the skills and confidence of the pros. Visit otatrade.com savage. That's a lot of words, right? But you're going to get two free tickets to a class in your area, and you're going to get your professional insider's kit just by going to otatrade.com slash savage. Once again, that's otatrade.com slash savage. And start knowing today, knowing what the big guys know, otatrade.com slash savage. Trump, 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 Trump. Trump, 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 Trump. Don't pay any attention to the outbreak, 40 million quarantine. No, no, Trump, that's all you should know. According to Democrats, that's all you should know is about Trump and Ukraine. Ukraine is about the most corrupt nation on earth. So you have a president who doesn't want to send the, the aid until finding out where the money's going. Isn't that his job to do due diligence? Not to Schiff. I mean, Schiff just wants to send the money there because it flows right through Ukraine back into the Democrat pockets. What more do you need to know? And if you think Pelosi is out of this picture, you're mistaken. Look into her family's relationship to Ukraine. But no, no, just take Trump, 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 Trump. 
Listen to Jake Tapper. He'll tell you the truth. Jake Tapper. Oh, don't get me started on that. That human being. The worst of them all is Jake Tapper. The absolute worst. Michael Savage, a host like no other. Are you looking for a way to save some extra money? Well, I would say start by paying less interest on your credit card balances. How do you do that? Simple. Refinance with a credit card consolidation loan from Lightstream. It's an easy way to save hundreds to thousands of dollars and lower your interest rate. Now, listen, Lightstream offers credit card consolidation loans from 5.95% APR with auto pay. That's a pretty good rate. There are absolutely no fees, and you can even get your money as soon as the day you apply. Lightstream believes that people with good credit deserve a better loan experience, and that's exactly what they deliver to you. Just for my listeners, pay attention. Apply now to get a special interest rate discount. The only way to get this discount, listen, is to go to lightstream.com slash savage. That's L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M dot com slash savage. Lightstream.com slash savage and slash your credit card interest just by going to lightstream.com slash savage. Did you hear what I said? Rate includes 0.50% auto pay discount. Terms and conditions apply and offers a subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash savage for more information. These kids have come. They've done well. Most of these kids, there's over, there's a lot of them, and they're not just Hispanic. They're uh, Asian Pacific Islanders as well. And they, in fact, have done very, very well. In many cases, there are more Americans than most Americans are because they have done well in school. Now let's stop they right here. Believe- here's, here's Biden the corrupt saying that DACA recipients are more American than most Americans are. We have a class on the Democrat side mainly who are so corrupt and so sold out to foreign interests that they're more dangerous than the virus coming out of China right now. And we're going to take a break from talking about the China virus uh, and what you can do about it for a moment to talk about something that probably is as profound in terms of corruption. And that is profiles in corruption, abuse of power by America's progressive elite with Peter Schweitzer, who has a great new book out called Profiles in Corruption. It's an astounding book. Peter Schweitzer, welcome to the uh, Savage Nation. What a great book this is going to be, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Michael. Great to be on with you. Thanks for having me. But, Peter, your book goes beyond the corruption of the Biden family, beyond Hunter, the brother. You can speak on Elizabeth Warren's son-in-law's secret deal with the Iranian Revolutionary Guard. You talk about Elizabeth Warren quietly bagged millions from corporations by levering her position as a government consultant. You talk about Bernie Sanders, the holy roller, her brother Sanders. And how his campaign flowed tens of millions of dollars to a mysterious company linked to his wife. This is amazing. This is all in Peter Schweitzer's new book. How corrupt is the Biden family, Mr. Schweitzer? Well, I have to tell you, uh, Michael, I've done uh, research on Republicans and Democrats for years in my books. I've exposed people on both sides of the aisle. The most I've ever come in contact with before is a family with three members. In the case of the Bidens, you have five members of his family who cashed in while he was vice president. Uh, they got foreign deals. They got uh, projects involving U.S. taxpayer dollars. They got special access in the White House, uh, briefings given to their investors, 
all these kinds of sorts of things. And I've never seen anything um, this systematic done the way that Joe Biden has done it. So for me, it's unprecedented. So, okay, in your book, you talk about Biden. You talk about others in the the Biden family, like his brother, who's cashed in on it. Is uh, Elizabeth Warren, uh, Bernie Sanders, Kamala Harris gone? Amy Klobuchar, another one, pretends she's cleaner than the, the driven snow. So I want to ask you something. Do you touch on the Pelosi family in here at all? I have not. I've done previous books where uh, we looked at the Pelosi's. Um, I did a book called Throw Them All Out in 2011, where we looked at insider trading on the stock market by members of Congress. And in that book, I exposed 60 Minutes uh, did actually a, a really good story on this. They interviewed me. They confronted Nancy Pelosi about how she was basically... No, I remember the insider trading, but Peter, you're doing a book now, this new one, uh, Profiles in Corruption, and you're talking about the Biden family, and of course they're hiding Hunter's connection to Burisma, we all hear it, but Jake Tapper wants to make sure we don't hear it, Uh, the media works in overdrive to make sure we never hear about the corruption, but didn't it come out a few weeks ago that Nancy Pelosi's son had something to do with Ukraine, or am I mistaken? Yeah, there was there was a report. I have not confirmed it, but there was a report that her son had been involved in Ukrainian uh, energy company. Um, what is this with Ukraine? Is Ukraine the most corrupt nation in Europe? Uh, I, I think it's probably one of the most corrupt in the world. Uh, there was a Reuters reporter a couple of years ago who said there are things that go on in Ukraine that would make Nigerians blush. Wow. In terms of corruption. So it, it's terrible. And you find this, the Clintons did this, uh, they go to these developing world countries or these countries that are coming out of communism like Ukraine that are highly corrupt, and they go in and they cash in. That's certainly what the Bidens did. They did it in China, they did it in Ukraine. Uh, in the book, we talk about the brother who has deals in Costa Rica and Jamaica. Um, they deal with these smaller countries that are highly corrupt with corrupt, corrupt political oligarchs that want something from America's political leaders, people like Joe Biden. And then they know the way to do it is to juice in their family members. That's how business is done in those. Countries. But isn't that how politics has worked from the beginning of time? Sort of you get into office and uh, you benefit from it personally while making believe the other party is the dirty one. I mean, th- th- since I've been a boy, I've seen this. You know, how do they make one hundred and sixty thousand a year and their fortunes go up from a million to three hundred million in four years? How does that happen? Exactly. Yeah, look, this, this has been a persistent problem, but it's getting worse because just like we have talked and you have talked about the problems of globalization, our corruption is being globalized. Uh, because, you know, it used to be 60, 70 years ago, you might have some contractor who's giving a deal to a congressman who wants, you know, money, federal money for some road to be built that they're going to do. But right. here we're talking about a global problem, foreign countries and governments who basically say the way that we get favors in Washington is by giving massive deals. So, for example, Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden himself runs a veritable United Nations of corruption. I mean, he's done major deals while his father was vice president with the Chinese government, with Russian figures connected to organized crime, with Kazakh oligarchs. So why are the Republicans letting the Democrats run all over them over the last few days? How is this possible? Well, it's a good question. I I think part of the problem is, um, in my previous book, uh, Secret Empires, I exposed the fact that Mitch McConnell, the Senate Majority Leader, and his wife, Elaine Chao, who's a cabinet officer in the Trump administration, 
uh, have a very lucrative deal with the Chinese government. Ah, uh, okay. So they don't want to open up the Biden, the Hunter Biden can for fear that they're going to look at their own dealings. Is that it? Yes, I think that's it for a lot of them. Uh, look, I think there are, there are people that want to look at these issues, but the problem is people in leadership, uh, Mitch McConnell or Nancy Pelosi or others, those that have been there for a long time, almost invariably uh, have gotten involved in some kinds of similar deals. Maybe not as extensive, maybe not as blatant, uh, but they don't want this stuff to come out because it's going to blow back on them. Uh, uh-huh. So let's talk about impeachment for a minute. Peter Schweitzer, the new book is Profiles in Corruption, and it's an amazing book. We all have heard inklings, whisperings of Hunter Biden. They're fighting like hell to keep Hunter Biden away from being from testifying, right? But the Republicans are fighting just as hard to make sure that, for example, Bolton doesn't testify. Now, I don't know if you know Bolton. Do you think Bolton would actually turn on Trump in a, in a, in a trial like this, in, a, in a, a testimony like this? I don't know Bolton personally, but I doubt it. Uh, I do think, uh, to your point, that uh, for Joe Biden, um, it's, it's DEFCON, uh, full-on DEFCON, uh, to prevent Hunter from testifying. He does not want his son to testify. It will be the first time that he will be, have been under oath where he has to start answering questions. And the problem is, you know, we have financial records. I mean, I have them in the book. We talked mm. about them in the book of the flow of foreign money. They came out in a criminal case involving Hunter Biden's business partner, uh, who is involved in a, uh, a bond scheme to defraud the poorest Indian tribe in America. That yeah, that's, that was an awful story. Peter, I want to ask you something. The corruption stinks to high heaven coming out of the Democrat side which is why they're fighting like hell to make sure Hunter, you don't, can't even talk about it. You're not even allowed to mention it to Jake Tapper. All you hear from Jake Tapper and the propagandists in Pravda is that Hunter Biden, it's a fake story. It never happened. They're really covering it up. But you have really told us today the reason that they're covering it up and why the Republicans are going along with it is because they don't really want an investigation of their own uh, misgivings, right? And their own screwed, screwed up dealings. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. And look, it's all clear. If you look at the flow of money and the timing, look, the Russians move into Ukraine in, in February of 2014. In March of 2014, Barack Obama says Joe Biden is point person on Ukraine policy. Within two weeks, Michael, within two weeks, the Ukrainians say, we're going to put Hunter Biden on the board of this company and we're going to pay him a million dollars a year, even though he has no experience and no background, doesn't even probably know where Ukraine is. Didn't Biden, isn't he on record, boasting, I'm talking about Senator Joe, didn't he boast that he killed a, a million-dollar deal or something like that? He's on record saying it. Yes, he, he, uh, he brags about firing the prosecutor of Ukraine. There's a controversial prosecutor who we know for a fact was investigating at the time Burisma and his son. He brags about the fact that he was going to withhold a billion dollars in USA unless they fired that prosecutor. A billion dollars, and he's on record saying that? And Jake yeah. Tapper doesn't think that's a newsworthy story? No, and look, here's the thing. Burisma, this energy company, uh, is highly corrupt. It involves these oligarchs. One of the oligarchs uh, runs a Privat Bank, which is the major bank in Ukraine. More than a billion dollars in U.S. aid dollars just vanished from that bank. Just vanished from that bank. This is a guy who is involved in Burisma. And yet, the notion that President Trump would raise the issue of Ukrainian corruption, saying, I want you to look into this, 
is somehow uh, you know, not acceptable, I mean, that, that is precisely what we expect our leaders to do, which is to investigate corruption, especially when taxpayer dollars are missing. Why are the Democrats now demanding that they that they uh, test, uh, have Mike Mulvaney on the stand? What do they want from him? Uh, you know, good question. I think they're they're hoping that Mulvaney, who has made some statements in the past that let's just say lack a certain discipline, uh, he seemed to be kind of uh, fast and loose with words. So I think they want him to come up and testify, hoping that he will slip up and say something that makes the president look bad. But you know, look at the end of the day, I think the call was legitimate. Um, I think that Donald Trump uh, asked for them to work with his attorney general to look into this corruption. Zelensky, the president or the new leader of Ukraine that he was talking to on the phone call, his chief financial backer is an oligarch named Kolomoisky, who is involved with Burisma, who owned the bank where more than a billion dollars of money was missing. So, Aren't you, you know, Peter, come on, I, I know this business as well as anybody. I've written many best-selling books. You've written many big, big books. Aren't you afraid for your own safety taking on these corrupt oligarchs in, in Ukraine? I mean, these are bad people, Peter. We're speaking with Peter Schweitzer, new book, Profiles in Corruption. Peter, you got a few more minutes after the break to tell us about that? Sure. I'm, I want to ask him about his personal safety. You're dealing with some of the most dangerous people on the planet. Doesn't he worry about it? Home of Borders, Language, Culture, The Savage Nation. You know, in an age of fake news and no journalism, there's a few people left who are doing that, that kind of work, and one of them is with us right now, Peter Schweitzer. He's written some blockbuster books. He's got a new one, Profiles in Corruption. It goes beyond Biden. It's abuse of power by America's progressive elite. Uh, Peter, you're a brave man. Aren't you afraid of the criminals that you're stepping on a lot of toes here, Peter? Yeah, we do step on a lot of toes. Um, you know, look, we have to take security precautions. We do. We take that very seriously. I obviously can't go into detail about it. But, uh, you know, look, I mean, this is very similar to, you know, the, the, the issues you've pa- faced for the things you're saying. You can't be deterred uh, just because you're afraid that somebody's going to be angry or somebody's going to uh, uh, take offense. Or- but, Peter, you're like the Jack Anderson of our time. Remember Jack Anderson? Oh, I love Jack Anderson, yes. Right, well, we all did. He was the guy who always had these exposés, okay? So now we have a corruption unlike any we've ever seen, and they're trying to throw it on Trump's back for withholding aid, when even if he did withhold it for political purposes, let's say he did, it's nothing compared to getting smeared off like the Bidens did. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's I think really the the, the, the takeaway. I think what, if anyone should be impeached, it should be Joe Biden should be impeached. Yeah, I mean I think what people would be really surprised by is is the thoroughness and detail and the level to which uh, they have enriched in the Biden family. The, the the chapter in the book is seventy pages long, uh, and there's no fluff. Uh, we get into all the specific things that he did. I mean, you've got a situation where, you know, his daughter's husband basically started his company in the Oval Office. Joe Biden brings him into the Oval Office to meet with Barack Obama. Then Joe Biden goes and briefs the guy's investors over the course of the next five to six years. And well, we heard nothing about it because Jake Tapper was probably uh, um, focusing on some other important issue. What about, you know, so much more in your book, uh, the one about Bernie Sanders flowing tens of millions of dollars from his campaign to a mysterious company linked to his wife? Bernie Sanders, the communist, is corrupt. 
I can't believe it. I thought he was as clean as the driven marks. <laughs> yeah, this is very interesting. I mean, Bernie Sanders, of course, of his 30 years, has steered a lot of money, uh, taxpayer money, uh, also campaign money, to his family. And they found this. Oh, but the main issue is, is the racism, sexism, and homophobia of Donald Trump. We must get rid of the racist, sexism, and homophobia of Donald Trump. People fall for that act. I don't know. I don't. I can see right through it. Peter, your book is great. I hope many people will go out and check it out. Abuses of Power, Profiles and Corruption, rather, uh, by America's progressive elite, way beyond Hunter Biden. I wish you the greatest success because you're doing great work. Thanks for being with us. Thanks, Mike. Great guy. <clears throat> great guy. Great topic. When I come back, we're going to talk more about, well, I, I think the virus, the disease, why the government is silent, how the CDC and uh, such agencies have become null and void in America. They were politicized during the AIDS epidemic and they never recovered in plain English. Is that clear enough for you? The Westwood One Podcast Network. Fans of the spoken word, welcome. This is a podcast. Greetings, pod recipients. You are entering the Savage Nation. Read the book. See the movie. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. It is not the 1950s, it is the Savage Nation in the 20s. God, did you ever think you'd live this long to see what's going on like this? Here you've got a corrupt party, unlike any in the history of the world, the Democrats, with it stinks to high heaven. They don't want anything about Hunter Biden to come out. Everyone knows how corrupt that story is. But it goes way beyond. We heard just heard from Peter Schweitzer, Elizabeth Warren's corruption, Bernie Sanders steering money from his campaign to his wife. It's unbelievable to me. Now, at the same time, the corruption is going on. The Chinese virus epidemic is raging out of control in China, spreading like crazy, mainly, of course, in Asia right now, but it's not going to limit itself to that. It's now uh, on an alert in 22 states, but not one word from the CDC other than, uh, let's see, wash your hands. All of the smart boys with expensive shirts and ties at the CDC can tell you is to wash your hands. So the corruption is epidemic. Medicine has been corrupted. Science has been corrupted. You've got a moron a young child from Sweden who has no education whatsoever who's now put on par with the leading economists of the world. Why? Because of Jake Tapper. If you have people with the idiocy of Jake Tapper and Wolf Blitzer and that type in the media, then you see a party of corruption. Then you could see a child with no education whatsoever talking about science and held on the same level as a scientist or a moron like occasional cortex talking about economics saying everything should be cooperative. In other words, they should... Did you read what she said the other day? She said that Bezos made his billions, but he didn't make them. The people who make the stuff for him made the company. In other words, the workers in the factories, you know, the old communist line, workers of the world unite. And that the only way to save the world, that moron says, is to turn Amazon into a cooperative. This is why I say to you, we're way beyond just fake news. 
It's fake science. It's fake art history. Yale just uh, announced that they're dropping uh, art history at Yale because it's too, uh, too white. Yeah, Italian Renaissance art. I just got a report of another university where a genuine expert in Italian Renaissance art is now being forced to teach pre-Columbian art in order to please the Hispanics in his audience. Now, I happen to like pre-Columbian art. I have a piece of it right on my desk. See, Jim, right here? I have this guy's face on my desk all the time. I like uh, ancient art of all kinds, prehistoric. Colombian is interesting to me, but it's nowhere near the magnitude of creative genius of that of the Europeans. It doesn't come near it. It's beautiful in its own way. But that's like comparing, uh, I don't know, uh, hybridizing corn in a primitive manner to what's being done in a laboratory today. It doesn't really compare. It's brilliant in its own way. But why would you throw out European art unless you just want to appease the audience of those who can't even keep up with it? Anyway, so you've got dumb people in America now, which is how the media works with dumb people. And the more dumb, the better for the media. The lower the IQ, the higher the fake news quotient. FNQ. I want to talk about the Chinese virus epidemic because I think it's an important story that's not going to go away too soon. It's not disappearing tomorrow. And you say, well, am I panicking you? Yeah, maybe I'm panicking you. This time a petrified virologist who helped discover SARS offers chilling take on coronavirus outbreak. It's on the top of my website, michaelsavage.com. And then I have a little book. It's only about $1.95 in Kindle, Diseases Without Borders. When I first published it, I asked the publisher to put it out in a, in a Kindle edition so it's cheap, inexpensive for the average person to do something for themselves. It was not a money-making book, not to buy a new car. Everyone will get infected, says a nurse at the Corpstrun Hospital, says quarantine is failing. China built a lab, did you know this, to study SARS and Ebola in Wuhan, Wuhan, which is the epicenter of this uh, viral outbreak. They built a lab to study SARS and Ebola in Wuhan, and U.S. biosafety experts warned back in 2017 that a virus could escape the facility that has become key in fighting the outbreak. So it may not be, um, it may not be zoonata coming from a, a bat in a soup. It could be that it escaped the laboratory. Health experts issued an ominous warning about a coronavirus pandemic not three months ago, and they did a simulation. It showed that it could kill 65 million people. Are you listening to this? Well, I hope you are, because these are very important stories. The Spanish flu killed 50 million people when the population of the Earth was 1.5 billion. 500 million, one-third of the planet, of human population of the planet, was infected by the Spanish flu virus. Did you know that? Meanwhile, officials in China are rushing to build a hospital in six days. That's how many people are sick. So what's the solution? Well, there's an immediate solution. You don't have to be an epidemiologist to know the solution. You have to, be, you have, to have common sense. What you do is you stop travel from the source of infection. You go back to the basis of uh, epidemiology. But no, that wouldn't happen. There's too much money involved. And secondly, you can't stop the flow of uh, fentanyl and the other drugs coming in, uh, you, you cut into too many uh, campaign contributions. But I'm telling you right now, any sane nation on earth would stop it 
they'd stop the flow of people coming in from China. It may be too late anyway because symptoms are not shown for 10 days. Again, I want to go back to uh, John Snow, a legacy of disease detectives that you must know about, probably not taught anymore because he was too white. He didn't come from uh, south of the border. But there was a cholera epidemic in London in 1854. Doctors and scientists didn't know what it was caused by. They thought it was caused by bad air. And they thought that particles from rotting matter and waste were getting into the air, making people sick with a disease. They didn't even know a name for it. But there was a brilliant physician named John Snow, just a doctor, not a Ph.D. scientist, didn't work for the CDC, didn't uh, attend Harvard. There was no Harvard. He had common sense. And he figured out that something other than the air might be responsible for this mysterious illness in London in 1854. So he goes around and he creates a map. I try to put it up on michaelsavage.com. I don't know if it made it. He made a map. We had a picture of the actual map that Jon Snow drew. And what the map showed was each person who got sick with this mysterious illness showed them where they were, blah, blah, blah. And all of them had a, a connection in common. All the people who got sick had a connection in common. They all got water from the same pump at, at Broad Street. Hand pump, right? Hand pump. In September 8th, 1854, Dr. Snow tests his theory by taking the handle off the pump and he stopped the outbreak. So he proved this theory and he opened the door to modern epidemiology, which has closed the pump. I mean, I learned this in Epidemiology 101 many, many decades ago. It's common sense is that you stop the source of the epidemic. That's what you do. Now, I tried to do this with another epidemic, and I was roundly called every name under the sun, when all I was trying to do was apply common sense. But, okay, common sense doesn't prevail. Insanity prevails. Political insanity has infected virtually every aspect of, the, of human thought, whether it be art or science or poetry, you name it. Because of politics, there's almost no truth anymore. But I can't do anything about the, the nature of the world. All I can do is give you a countdown to where we are today, a countdown to Armageddon. And now it leads me to almost a, uh, another idea here, which is if I want to bring in something odd, which is God. Do you think God is punishing man with this epidemic because of his arrogance? Remember I was saying uh, pride cometh before fall? Man had become so proud he could control everything. He thought he could control the weather, he could control the air, he could control the seas. And he said, well, we got the, all the diseases under control, said the bright boys with nice white shirts at CDC and Harvard, Berkeley, School of Public Health. They all know everything. Maybe God said, no, you don't know everything. He said, well, come on, stop with the God already. You're an educated man. How could you believe in that? Man went from worshiping rocks, pebbles, uh, shafts of light leaves, uh, feathers, and all of a sudden, the idol worshipers were put out of business by those who worshiped a mysterious, unseen entity called God. Thousands of years later, we have temples, churches, mosques built to this unseen entity. No one ever saw the entity. Yet, wherever you go, there are temples and churches and mosques built to this unseen entity. Many people get, they bow down every day. They do mumbo jumbo in different languages, praying to this unseen entity. It's not a rock. It's not the feather of a bird. It's not a shaft of light. It's not a shadow. It's not something you can put your hands on. You can't take it home and put it on a shelf. It's the unseen, unknowing God.
You think this unseen, unknowing God is trying to put man in his place through this epidemic? What do you think of that one? I'll be back. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. It is Rock and Roll Friday. The world is getting uh, more menacing by the second. Just when we all thought uh, in our smugness that nothing could touch us, we wake up to an epidemic that's raging out of control in China, jumping to the U.S. 22 states now on uh, watch with idiots in the epidemiology profession saying nothing. I saw a group from Chicago. I said, look, look who's in this field now. All I do is talk about how they spell their names during a, a press conference. They gave the spelling of their names. They should have been talking about how you can bolster your, your immune system, that you should stay away from certain areas, that we should stop travelers from China. What is immunity? Our immune system is the body's legacy from millions of years of evolution. It's a multi-part, many-tiered, incredibly sophisticated system by which our bodies are able to naturally resist disease and infection to fight off the invading viruses, bacteria, and other organisms that surround us constantly in our potentially hostile environment. Years ago, I wrote a pamphlet on herbs and immunity. You can't even buy it. You can't even buy it. It's not for sale. I'm trying to educate people, not sell you something. I'm not selling you a mat. I'm not selling you a book. I'm trying to educate you. You can actually use vitamins and herbs to enhance your body's natural immune system and make it as strong as it possibly can be to allow your own body and its defense systems to ward off and fight simple illnesses such as the common cold and the flu. Yes, you can build up your resistance to the flu. I'm not saying it'll protect you against this one. Some organisms are so powerful they're going to jump. You know, I don't know what, sh- what resistance you may have. This one looks particularly deadly. It may have been created in a laboratory. China built a lab to study SARS and Ebola in Wuhan. And U.S. biosafety experts warned them in 2017 that a virus could escape the facility that's now become key in fighting the outbreak. It may not be from bat soup, which they eat in China. It may not be from bat soup or snake broth. Okay? It could have come out of a laboratory. It could have leaked from a lab right there in, in Wuhan. Okay? You don't know about that. China installed the first of a planned five to seven biolabs designed for maximum safety in Wuhan in 2017 for the purpose of studying the most high-risk pathogens, including the Ebola and the SARS viruses. This could have mutated uh, from that one. Gentlemen, gentlemen, remember microbes do exist. I remember opening a book on that. I wrote a book in 1986, 83, called uh, something about it, Maximum Immunity. It was in six languages. I still have it in Swedish, Dutch, French was robbed by the French, by the way. They stole the whole book. Typical French. They robbed the entire book, put it in France. We couldn't touch them. They have some kind of laws on copyright. They can steal your book. And nevertheless, I wrote a book called Maximum Immunity, and I, I talk about <clears throat> when I was a young grad student studying cell biology, I met a remarkable man, a leading research psychologist, and he demonstrated to me how powerful the emotions can be in disease development and, and cure, and he cited case after case of individuals who were sick because of psychosomatic reasons. And uh, one case in particular, I vividly recall, it was out of a banker in his mid-50s dying of, quote, incurable leukemia. Well, through talk and understanding, my psychologist friend managed to get his, this dying man to share a lifelong secret that ever since he had been a little boy, he had dreamed of playing the violin and becoming a professional violinist. But his stern father had ruled out this choice as being too effeminate. Consequently, a very, very unhappy banker was created. 
And then at the end of his life, the banker took up the violin, thinking he was going to die, and almost miraculously against all odds, certainly against all of the available medical thinking, his leukemia went into remission. Fascinating, isn't it? Well, parapsychology, psychology. I almost went into psychology because of that story. Fortunately, my friend told me a story that kept me from changing my own life. Upon receiving his doctoral degree, he and the other graduates were all loudly celebrating with one supportive case example after another of psychosomatic medicine uh, at a celebration. The esteemed professor of the then new science of psychosomatics rose to the podium, silenced the celebrators and said, gentlemen, gentlemen, you must remember micros do exist. Yes, my friends listening to the Savage Nation, micro, microbes do exist, as do insects, allergies, harmful chemicals, radiation, the lack of protective nutrients, inadequate physical stimulation. All of these things matter. They matter right now. In order to bolster your immune system, look into your own health. We don't have to go into the details, but the fact of the matter is, it may not save you anyway if you're exposed too directly to someone coming in with this disease. And that's where our government is failing us right now. It's sick that our government is obsessed with impeachment while we have Rome burning. In this case, it's Beijing is burning and Nadler and Schiff are fiddling. This is a disaster to see how useless the political class really is. Take a look at how useless they are. You've got an epidemic raging out of control that's threatening the world. And this putz Schiff, this doughboy Nadler doesn't mention a word about it. Instead, they continue with their persecution of the big lie, their prosecution with a big lie of Donald Trump. And there's nothing I could do about it because we the people have no power over the charade. It's all in the hands of 100 senators who will decide the fate of the nation. Isn't democracy grand? Isn't it wonderful to see how useful all of these highly paid Senators really are, how useful Schiff really is, despite his starched shirt and forked tongue. When I come back, we'll talk about impeachment right here on The Savage Nation. Michael Savage, a host like no other. It is Rock and Roll Friday. We've been talking about the uh, Chinese virus epidemic that could kill 65 million people, according to some uh, simulations talking about diseases without borders. We're talking about Biden's corruption with Peter Schweitzer. And now we move on to impeachment per se. We're speaking with Jenna Ellis. Who is she? You've probably seen her on TV. Constitutional law attorney, senior legal advisor to the Trump 2020 campaign. She's an attorney to President Trump and author of the legal basis for a moral constitution. She joins us now to discuss the Trump impeachment trial. Ms. Ellis, welcome to the Savage Nation. I hope she's there because I just hit line one, but she's on line 10. Okay, Miss Ellis, welcome to the Savage Nation. No, I guess not. Great job, guys. There's nobody there. <laughs> Terrific. How about putting her on uh, right now so we can talk to her? Great. It's called national radio. You know, it's not like, it's not a rehearsal. Okay, line 10. Miss Ellis, welcome to the Savage Nation. Thank you. Can you hear me Okay. Yeah, now it's fine. Yeah, we got two Dixie Cups and a string here on the program. Uh, <laughs> well, okay. you know, you're doing it old school. I respect that. <laughs> we are. Thanks for helping me pick up the uh, the broken glass on the floor. All right, let's look at the impeachment trial. We all know what this is. Uh, but you say that there are four legal problems 
I want to talk about something else first, Miss Ellis. Why did Mitch McConnell permit the Democrats to get three full days of propaganda and then the Republicans get to do it on a dead day like Saturday? How did that happen? Yeah, you know, unfortunately, there is a precedent that was set by uh, the Clinton impeachment trial, and this reflected that. Uh, he, you know, of course, this is a negotiation um, in terms of the process and the how of the trial. But, um, you know, I've been a part of so many different um, trials as a defense attorney, as a prosecutor. I mean, you know, all the way up to, you know, murder and felonies. And we don't even get a lot of a lot of time for opening statements and closing arguments. I mean, this is a matter of a couple of hours, you know, not... Uh, 24 hours. Yeah, how did they get 24 hours to crucify President Trump? This is nonstop <laughs> propaganda. Absolutely. You know, and, you know, and this just highlights and emphasizes why it is so important why, that we as the American people make sure that in every district across America and in every state, we are making sure to vote for people who will genuinely uphold and preserve and protect the Constitution because majorities do matter. And we're seeing that because when the House is on the opposition party that hates America, hates the Constitution, wants to remove uh, the will of the American people who vested the sitting president, President Trump, with the constitutional authority of the executive office wants to remove that unilaterally. They are weaponizing the power of impeachment. This goes back to the elections when you and I get out and vote and put people in office. And so we have to make sure in the 2020 election, every single vote in every single district. Well, I, I agree. With, look, I, I respect that you work for the for the Trump campaign. OK, I'm going to vote for him. I'm 100 percent behind him. He called me two weeks ago. I spent 12 minutes on the phone with him. I was on Air Force One with him. I mean, very proud to know Donald Trump and to have had such a key role in him winning last time. But I'm a little worried right now, Miss Ellis. I'm a little worried by what I'm seeing when there's three days of crucifixion going on and the media is complicit. Of course, we the people don't vote. It's still up to the 100 senators. Is there any danger of any outcome besides an acquittal, in your opinion? Not at all. And the reason for that is, thankfully, the Constitution uh, embeds the protection of having to have a uh, two-thirds majority. So there would have to be 67 senators. But again, this goes back to why it's so important that we vote in every election, because uh, heaven forbid that the Democrats would have a majority of the Senate right now and would have that three-fourths majority to remove a sitting president for absolutely no impeachable offense. This is a complete circus. Uh, they are, of course, just lambasting, but the American people are tuning out. Nobody's really watching this. But uh, but this is all political propaganda. And that the Democrats would not hesitate if they thought they could get that two-thirds majority and if they actually could from removing a sitting president for absolutely no legal or constitutional reason. No legal or constitutional reason. No trouble. Correct. Right. Let's say we don't like the fact that he withheld aid for whatever the reason, but I keep saying on this show that as the chief executive officer of our purse strings, he has a an obligation to conduct due diligence on what foreign aid is being spent for what. I don't understand why that has that point been made, due diligence? Well, you know, 100 percent. And I think that we're going to see those points uh, being made by the Trump legal defense team once they actually get to stand up and argue. And But I have to highlight, they could not stand up and say a word. And legally, there is a presumption of innocence. There's a burden of proof and production on the Democrats. A presumption of innocence in the mouth of, 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 uh, of, of Schiff? Schiff said the next election doesn't even count. 
I mean, isn't this crazy? And so, of course, you know, they're not they're looking at TV optics. They are not looking for a conviction in the Senate. They're looking for a conviction at the ballot box. All right. So they're really doing this for the election coming up in November. Is that and you feel this is a slam dunk? Trump's free and clear. Uh, Yes, 100 percent. I don't think that they will get to the 67 senators that they need. Uh, But, you know, but of course, uh, that's always the danger of these types of manipulations of the Constitution. And so, you know, whether or not someone could get there in the future, an opposition party could actually oust the sitting president. That's the danger that this impeachment trial is setting. So for the people who are saying, you conservatives, oh, this is just so boring. This is so ridiculous. That's all true. But there is an implicit danger here that next time or at some point in the future, when the Democrats get a majority in both houses, that they would actually uh, rise to that level and have the vote. Uh, that they yeah, would- no, it'd be a nightmare. We'd be living in a, in a different world. It'd be a third world nation at that point. But let's. We're speaking with Jenna Ellis, who is a constitutional law attorney. She knows what she's talking about. She's also a senior legal advisor to the Trump 2020 campaign, an attorney for President Trump. Okay, so I'm on Trump's side. You're on Trump's side. But I want to just. No, but I want to make sure uh, we're also on the side of truth here. I do not see an impeachable offense. Is there one? No, not at all. And so, and and the basic argument for that. Uh, is, as you mentioned, you know, the the president's obligation to root out corruption and make sure that uh, he's not giving lethal aid uh, that is that is undermining uh, national security interests and our laws um, of anti-corruption statutes. And so Article 2, Section 1, vests all executive authority in the president of the United States, not mm. his not Sondland, not Vidman, not anybody who serves mm. the of the president. He gets to set foreign policy. So this is not an abuse of power. This is him executing faithfully and diligently the office by which we, the American people, vested him with that specific limited power. So abuse of power is absolutely ridiculous here. There's nothing. And let's remember that the uncontested facts are that Ukraine did get lethal aid and they did get that within that, which is over and above what what the former administration did under President Obama. And they got it within the same fiscal year that uh, Congress designated it for. Yeah, but to be so, fair to the argument, they're saying he did it after he was in trouble already. I heard the whole argument, but that's irrelevant. I have to go back to due diligence. The president has an obligation, not a right, an obligation to conduct due diligence on all foreign aid, whether it's to Ukraine or Israel or a- anywhere else. So I don't understand where the where the crime is here. There isn't one, and they're manufacturing one. I mean, first it was, you know, oh, this is going to be bribery, this is extortion, and they couldn't get those. You remember they were using the words bribery? That went on? Bribery, bribery, bribery. They tried that one, it didn't work? Yeah, so now so now they're just manufacturing this, uh, this narrative to try to make it sound like a wrongdoing that they don't have any evidence or even legal substance for. So abuse of power is a manufactured offense that is not impeachable, and the facts just do not support it whatsoever. And obstruction of Congress. I mean, this is just ridiculous that every single president throughout American history has had the privilege of uh, of the executive to make sure that no national security information uh, is is given out um, in the wrong context. But the Democrats didn't have time to go through the proper legal channels and have the judicial branch uh, arbitrate whether or not their subpoenas were legitimate. So now they're saying, President Trump, just because you won't uh, be subordinate to our branch and you won't comply with a meritless attack and investigation against you, now we're going to say that you're obstructing us. 
I mean, can you imagine if you or I were being investigated by local law enforcement? We have no obligation to comply with that investigation. And then suddenly they're saying, oh, we're, we're charging you with obstruction of law enforcement. No, I mean, this doesn't rise to the level of obstruction of justice at all. That's why they didn't charge it that way. They're simply trying to say, President, you are subordinate to us. We wield all the power. That's what the Democrats are after. And it's so clear on their preferred article of impeachment, their their title, obstructing Congress. That is showing the American people they just want all the power and they want to damage President Trump for not yielding to their perceived and manipulated uh, outcome. And it's just yes. But if there wasn't a corrupt media we wouldn't have even gotten to this point. And what I'm worried about is we've had three days of shift putting on his slideshow of the same lies he put on in the House of Representatives. He was never called on the carpet for it because of Jake Tapper, Wolf Blitzer, and the other gang that apparently works for, for the Democrat Party. And tomorrow the Republicans get a chance to rebut it on Saturday when it's known as the, the, the twilight zone of television. But uh, what, they're going to be back Monday and Tuesday after the opening arguments. Look, if this were in a court of public opinion, who's winning right now? Well, I still think that the president is absolutely winning because the American people are seeing through this shift show. But the but of course, you know, the, the mainstream media is fully complicit. And, you know, if you watch Tucker Carlson did an amazing uh, collaboration of all of these just glowing terms that the mainstream media are talking about shift, calling him this brilliant, dazzling lawyer. I mean, they are trying so hard to help. I know they've they put Schiff on a pedestal. I've seen it. Uh, they've used every card they could, including his his religion, which is disgusting to me. They're trying to make him untouchable. I think he's as corrupt as they come. But that's irrelevant. I don't like the man. I don't like his eyes. There's something wrong. You, you can't comment as an attorney. I am telling you, as I stand here, those eyes are more telling than people might believe. But uh, we're not in the court of public opinion. We're in the, the Senate. That's the court. When does the vote actually come down on to uh, convict or not to convict? When does that happen? Well, so so that'll be determined by the Senate. Right now, we have the uh, possibility of three days. Now, the Trump legal team may not take up all that time, but they certainly uh, are planning on presenting, uh, of course, a defense because, unfortunately, this is in the court of public opinion as well. Uh, wait, wait, wait. The, the Republicans, in addition to giving the Democrats the first three days, may not use their three days? It, it will. It depends on the legal team, and and it depends on the, their strategy for this. They don't have to use all twenty four hours. Oh, I'm I'm sorry. I'm starting to get a very itchy feeling about something inside of this Republican uh, game. Doesn't make sense to me. I hope I'm wrong. Not not at all. No. So Jay Sekulow and Pat Cipollone are excellent attorneys. They're a hundred percent on the side of the Constitution and President Trump. What they what I think they don't want to do, and of course I don't want to you know get ahead of them. But what I think uh, they want to be careful of is to make sure that they are presenting the arguments that they're not boring the American people in the same way the Democrats have. So um, so they may or may not take all of their time. But then after that, the Senate gets 16 hours of questioning from both sides. <laughs> they may or may not take up all that time. And then 16, wait, wait, 16 hours. Okay, I got it. So that's going to be three more days? Uh, so, yeah, so then after that, so they'll get the 16 hours, and then after that, uh, there will be a determination of whether or not to close uh, to close the proceedings and hold the vote, or whether or not there will be witnesses at that point. So, Oh, my God. So if they call out witnesses, this could go on another few months, or, or weeks at least. Uh, it could go on a couple of weeks, depending on if they call witnesses and how many they end up calling. So that's still yet wow. to determine, and it's my hope 
that a majority of the Senate, because this is a majority vote in, in this context, they would have to be two thirds only for conviction. But a majority will stand up and say, House Democrats, no, this is a sham. This is a weaponizing of the system. It stops now. We are done. That is my mm. that a majority of 51. How many votes do they need to vote for witnesses or no witnesses? 51. That's the problem. Oh, so that's so, that's a sheer. That's just simply a, a, a majority, not a, not a two thirds. The two thirds is constitutionally required only for conviction. But the process of the Senate is by majority vote. OK, last question of the day. You're brilliant. You know, the whole game. What's the chance of them peeling off a couple of votes from the uh, Waffler Republicans right now? Well, that's really why this is a case made to four or five senators, because, you know, we know that uh, that most of the Republicans are sick of this. They see through the sham. We know that most of the Democrats are, you know, sold to the other side. But there are also a couple of senators, you know, uh, West Virginia, Alabama, a couple of those Democrats who are in very red states. They're going to uh, have to contend with their own elections and they may end up uh, having bipartisan support. Oh, for a motion so we may we may get a few of their side as well, which we never hear about from Jake Tapper. Uh, I want to thank you for taking the time today, this Friday, to be with us on the Savage Nation. Jenna Ellis, uh, legal advisor to the uh, Trump campaign. I thank you very much uh, for being with us today on the Savage Nation. Thank you so much. And read both of my pieces in Fox News to find out more about uh, what, what exactly is going on. We will. We will. We will. Look forward to meeting you one day. Thanks for being with us. Home of Borders. Language. Culture. The Savage Nation. The madness of our times. The madness of our times. Dead bodies in hospital halls amid coronavirus outbreak in China. And Schiff is droning on and on with the big lie over and over again, stuffing their faces with candy, no less. Stupid. Meanwhile, the trans community is after a professor. Oxford professor gets bodyguard, two bodyguards, after threats from transgender activists. Can you believe this? Jim, did you hear that? An Oxford professor, a woman, feminist professor, no no less, was given two security guards to protect her from potentially violent transgender activists. Because some things she wrote on her website. So in other words, everything in our society is now being run by the violent. The violent. Whether it's the impeachment being run by the violent Democrats. Coming up with now a new charge, obstruction charge. As far as I'm concerned, Schiff should be charged with obstruction and boring the world to death. I wish there was a charge for boring the world to death. They should take Schiff out in handcuffs. For eating too much candy and boring the world to death and giving himself bug eyes that scare children and pets. All of what you missed today can be had on michaelsavage.com and on my podcast later today. It was a great show. Thanks for being with us. See you Monday. The Westwood One Podcast Network. 